Cornerstone Fellowship, good morning. It is awesome to be here uh, with you today. I want to welcome everybody that's watching online. I also want to say hello to my mom. Hey, mom. And uh, anybody that is uh, joining us, wherever you're watching from, we are continuing a series called Playing With Fire. And uh, I get the subject of singleness. And the cool part about what the Bible has to say to single people is uh, usually what God has to say to single people is the same thing that he has to say to everybody. And uh, we've been looking at this verse in Proverbs. It says this, can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched. And today we're going to look at uh, some ways that perhaps during the single season, during, in the single life, where we actually play with fire. But here's the thing that I, that I realized is that there are so many different relationship statuses represented in this room. And I believe what Mark Zuckerberg gave us a few years ago when he started Facebook was the perfect vernacular to describe all of our relationships. He used this word, complicated. And, 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 and each one has, it, has its own complications uh, when, when you're single. Um, at one point, you could be happily single. You're, you're completely content with where you're at in life, and, and things are going good for you. But you're one lonely Friday night away from Netflixing your life into a depression, okay? It, it, it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's just that it's complicated. Um, then there are those of us in the room who um, you're, you're, you're dating and uh, you've gotten to a point in a relationship where she told you that she loves you. You responded with, thank you. <laughs> it's not that you're afraid of commitment, it's just that it's complicated. Um, then there are those of us in the room, a few of you, that are, that are engaged, right? You put a ring on it, all right? You're, you're ready to make some moves. Things are going good for you. And then you, you met her mom, and then you realize that that's who she's going to be in 30 years. And there's nothing crazy about her mom. It's just that her mom might be a little complicated. Uh, I mean, you just don't know. You're, you're trying to figure things out and think things are moving. Shakespeare. Then there, there are those of us in the room... Uh, who were married, and uh, you were complicated before you got married, and then you married a complicated person. Now y'all are complicated together, and y'all had kids, okay? Uh, <laughs> and it's not that, that you're not happily married, it's just that sometimes it's just a little complicated. You get it. Uh, um, and, and then uh, statistics would say uh, just about half of this room has experienced the pain and sorrow of a split home. And then there's this other category of uh, being divorced. Um, I, I grew up in a household where my parents stayed together until my dad uh, went on to be with Jesus. Uh, my wife grew up in a home where uh, her father cheated on her mother and left their family when she was eight years old. This is how she tells the story. She doesn't say, my dad cheated on my mom. She says it like this, my dad cheated on us. It wasn't just two to tango. It affected an entire home. And if we could pull everybody on the stage from the father to the mother to the son to the daughter, it would simply be complicated. And, and sometimes we're rebounding from that. And, and so some, for some of you, you might be single again and you once were. And, and here's the good news. 
Uh, it, it's safe to say that everybody in this room is in the complicated boat. And, and one of the things that you can do, especially when you're single, and when, whatever relationship status that you're at, is you, you can believe the notion that if you had a different status, you would be happier. It's so funny, because a single person's like, man, if I was just married, I would just be so happy. Have you interviewed a married person lately? <laughs> and, and there's some married people that are just like, my life would be better if I was single. Have you interviewed a single person lately? Um, it doesn't matter what status you're at, but sometimes you can look on the other side of the fence and think, man, the grass is greener over there, and my happiness would be over there. And if somehow things would change, then here's what I want you to know. Whether you're a Christian or not, maybe you were invited by a friend, maybe you were dragged here by your spouse, whatever the situation, however you got here, I can tell you this, your happiness will never be found in another person. A full life will never be found in another person. And, and there is somebody that came to the planet to give you life and life to the fullest. And here's what the Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10. The Bible says this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so perhaps there are, are, are some people in this room who are looking for a full life and, and have this notion that there is somebody else on this planet that can complete you. It, it, it's a faulty ID, ideology. There, there is no way that somebody can complete you. They don't even have the, the, the ability to make you happy. Only Jesus can give you a full life. And so many people will spend years, some spend decades looking for a full life in their career, in a relationship, and it simply doesn't exist. And here's what I want you to know, is that your happiness should never be on somebody else's job description. Your happiness should never be on somebody else's job description. If you aren't happy now, you aren't going to magically get happy when you get a ring on it. You should engage in a savior who wants to give you a full life now. And can you imagine what would happen if two full whole people got together and started to build a family? But when you try and put two broken people together, oftentimes you end up with a broken home. Can you imagine if that was what consumed you? And you can play with the fire. It, it is dangerous to believe that somebody else can make you happy because you will get burned and find out they don't have the ability to do so. Here's the second thing that I believe we play with fire in, especially when we're single, is that we have this expectation of this person, this, this the one, and we want them to be a knight in shining armor. We want them to be uh, this, this amazing woman of God. And, and we've kind of got these lists. And so what I've, I've put together somewhat of a facetious, silly list uh, for, for men and women uh, of the things that they look for the opposite sex. Let's go with ladies first. Uh, I, I believe that women... I want a man that works out three days a week. A few push-ups, jog around the block after dinner, uh, you know, a few sit-ups, maybe plank right before you go to bed. Something like that would be uh, pretty good for you. Um, the, the second thing that, that a woman wants, a man that makes her laugh, you might not be Kevin Hart, and that's okay, um, but Google a joke every now and then and just say, hey, babe, guess what I found out today, and just go for it. Um, women want a man that... Uh, wants to spend his entire day with her. If you're spending time with your significant other and um, you, you hop on Facebook, it's like the clock starts over, okay? Like she wants your undivided attention. Uh, women want a man that uh, 
is romantic and thoughtful, you, you've got to get beyond Chipotle, okay? Burritos <laughs> is not the hotness right now, okay? Uh, so on, on some level, you, you've got to think it through and, and have, have a plan. Women uh, want a man that uh, thinks she's pretty 24 hours a day. If she asks you this question, how does this dress make me look? There's only one answer to that question, okay? Please don't, don't make us look bad. Uh, women want a man that knows she's right all the time. Listen, fellas, you, you can't die on every hill, okay? Some hills you just gotta let her have, okay? Just don't think she's right, just know she's right. Uh, women want a man that can talk about his feelings. So when she asks you how was work today, and you say, good, and she's not really asking you how was work today. She wants to know how you felt about work at 10 a.m. and did it change at 11.30, okay? Uh, she wants you to be able to talk about your feelings. Women want a man that watches HGTV. If you don't know who Chip and Joanna Gaines are, hit that Google right now. You have permission to pull out your phone. And, uh, and learn how to renovate your house. Uh, women want a man that appreciates sales. Um, I, I don't know if your significant other has ever uh, gone to Target for some milk and came back with a couch. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it, is, it is within the, the female DNA to, to go into Target and, and to come out with 25 bags and and when she walks in with the 25 bags, you see money flying out the window. And, uh, but it's a game show for her. She, she wants to show you everything in every bag. And, and she wants to give you the original price, right? Th this is normally $300, but guess what? It was on sale. So you see the small group that has been created already. There's, there's a common common ground there. And, and, and so they, 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 they want you to play the game with them and they, that you appreciate sales. And, and then the last spiritual requirement is that she wants a man that reads his Bible, okay? You just got to read it, okay? Bible app, j just read it. Now, let, let's move on to, to the men. Uh, men, they, they want a woman that works out five days a week. <laughs> I want you to every day, Saturday, Sunday, we can go to church, hang out with the kids, but, but Monday through Friday, I need you at the gym. Uh, men want a woman that uh, thinks he is hilarious. He wants you to laugh at his jokes that aren't even funny, okay? Ha! You're awesome, that's, that's just great. Uh, man, want a woman that uh, doesn't just think he's hilarious but wants him to have guys night twice a week. So when, and when he goes out with his fellas on Friday night, he, he wants you the next day to go, can you do that again tonight on Saturday? Uh, man, want a woman that believes he can do everything, you don't need directions. We have you. Just wh wh why would we need instructions on, on how to build this shelf? You got it. It's Ikea. We can figure it out. Uh, <laughs> men want a woman that knows she's loved without hearing it. For the guy, he's like, I married you, didn't I? Like, didn't that? Like, I said the vows. That means, like, forever. So can't you just replay our wedding video? Um, <laughs> men want a woman that uh, encourages him to talk about himself. Hey, honey, could you uh, tell me about that touchdown from high school? Did you jump over the guy? Is that what happened? <laughs> uh, men want a woman that never makes him talk about his feelings. 
for guys, feelings is like the F word. You know, it's just like, don't make me feel today. Um, Nan want a woman that watches ESPN and ESPN2. You should know all about the NBA trades and different things that are happening on a weekly basis. Um, Men want a woman that appreciates savings. This is what he wants you to do. He wants you to come home from Target with just milk. <laughs> Nothing else. And he wants you to walk in and we go, listen, there was this couch for $500 and it was on sale for $200. And you know what I did? Nothing. <laughs> I just looked at it and walked away. Uh, men want a woman that has a Bible. You ain't got to read it, okay? As long as it's on the coffee table, maybe open it to a page where you've highlighted a few things and just leave it there just to give him the impression that you read it at some point in your life. Um, it, it, it really is a, a silly list. It, it's facetious. But if we're all honest, don't we all have a little bit of a list? Don't we all have a little bit of, of something that we are expecting from other people? Especially when we're single, it's just like we're looking for this person that is superman or superwoman and they're, they're this awesome man of God and this awesome woman of God. In our minds, they're this generous per But the question we have to begin to ask ourselves is, are we that thing that we're looking for? And this is what I know. Our expectations for our lovers, friends, and family are often larger than the expectations we have for ourselves. We, we put the onus on other people to be awesome, and, and we expect them to treat us in a certain way, but we, we don't have as high of expectations for ourselves. And, and, and I believe that this kind of uncomplicates a lot of our relationships. In, in fact, I, I believe if we did what Jesus said, a lot of the relational tension that we have in trying to date, trying to stay married, being single... It, it, they, it would fall to the wayside if we just, if, if you picked one verse in the entire Bible, say, I'm, I'm just going to do this, you'd be surprised what would happen in your life. And it's found in Luke chapter 6, verse 30 to 31. The Bible says this, give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. It says it like this in the message. It says, Here's a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. In other words, Jesus is saying, hey, if there's something in your life that you want other people to do for you, go first. Go first. Like, if you really say, I really want to be with a woman of God, guess what you got to be? A man of God. Say, I really want to be with a woman of prayer, well, then you have to be a man of prayer. You, you could say, I really want a husband that is really, really generous, but you, you can't be selfish and want generosity. You, you, have to, you have to begin to ask yourself, is this generous person that I want to be with, will he be attractive or would she be attracted to somebody who is not? Ultimately, we have to begin to ask ourselves this question, what, what do you want others to do for you? And not just what do you want others to do for you, but what, what do you want others to, to be for you? Who do you want others to be for you? And, and whatever, however you fill in the blank, single, married, divorced, whatever category you find yourself in today, what would, what would happen if you decided to just go first? What would happen if you just decided to say, you know what, the onus isn't on them. The onus is on me, and perhaps that's the thing that you'll be held accountable for the most anyways. 
Um, the, the next thing that I believe we, we play with fire on is, is this idea that sometimes we can believe that waiting on God is exhausting. And maybe you're, you're sitting here today, you're watching today, and you, you've been waiting on a spouse for a long time, or maybe you've been waiting for a second spouse, you're kind of on the rebound type of deal, or you're waiting on God for a miracle, that you just feel like you're waiting on God and, and you're just getting tired. I want to encourage you uh, with, with some verses today. Of, if This is how the Bible describes people that are waiting on God. The Bible says this, have you not known? Have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. The Bible says, even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Here's the good news for you today. If you're exhausted from waiting on God, then you have an opposite characteristic of what the Bible describes as what happens to people who are waiting on God. People that are waiting on God are getting new strength, not losing it. So perhaps if you're waiting on God and you're exhausted, maybe you're not even waiting on God. Maybe God's waiting on you. What if God is waiting on you to make a move? What if God is waiting on you to say, hey, while you're waiting for this person, have you done what I've asked you to do? Perhaps you've been feeling this urge in your life to do something, to join a small group, to start a small group, or, or, or to, to just simply start volunteering, or maybe to do something loving for your neighbor or for your coworker or for the person you work out with, or maybe there was a lady that looked like she was struggling at the grocery store, and you have the means to do something about it, but you weren't sure, and so you just you said no, but what, what can you imagine if you just said, you know what, in my waiting season, maybe I'm not waiting on God, maybe He's waiting on me, and maybe I would actually find some strength if I would just walk in obedience to what he's asked me to do. Because whenever we're waiting on God, sometimes we just get impatient, and we just simply say, okay, God, I'll drive, because I can't really trust your timing. And oftentimes, God's timing is perfect, but it's usually inconvenient for our schedule or our timeline of the success or relationship that we would like to have by now or we feel like is owed to us, that we are somehow entitled to a marriage or some status. But could you imagine if you just decided, you know, while I'm waiting on God, I wanna operate in my strength because the Bible describes it as that's what's supposed to be happening for somebody that is waiting on God. The other thing that we, we play with fire on, especially when we're single, is accountability. Accountability, where, where there's somebody in your life that you have invited in to be a referee for some of the decisions that you're making on a daily basis. And oftentimes when we're saying we can be isolated sometimes by nature of life, life circumstances, we just don't have community. But a lot of people who are isolated are isolated by choice. They have made a choice to be alone. They have made a choice to isolate themselves from a community of people that can help be a referee for some of the decisions that they're making. And so what ends up happening is, is you become the own judge of your life. You're the judge and the jury. You, you decide that you do whatever you want, whenever you want, with whoever you want. Like you, you, you just do whatever. 
It, it doesn't matter if, if whether it's premarital sex, you say, hey, I was married, divorced, and I, like, I kind of started that engine, it's hard to turn it off. And, and you're, you're kind of going back and forth, you're like, well, you know what, I already had sex, so the whole virgin thing, that values, it's kind of already gone out the window, so I'm just going to do whatever. And you kind of get this idea that maybe if, if we have sex, then maybe there might be more commitment there. And, and, and I would just ask you this question, how's that been working out for you thus far? I mean, historically, like, has that plan ever been a, a good one? And, and, and Paul addresses this tension a, a little bit in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And the Bible says this, Paul speaking to the Corinthians, he says, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. Let's talk about this word for a second. Let's not talk about if the decisions that you're making is sin. Another sermon for another day. Let's just ask this question. Are the decisions that you're making on a daily basis beneficial? In light of your hopes and dreams, and in light of the future you want to have, are the decisions that you're making on a daily basis right now beneficial? So you could go, man, you know what? I've already had the sex thing. Man, don't talk to me about sex, man. It just, let's just ask this question. Is that beneficial? Like, is that going to help your future marriage by sleeping with people that you won't be married to in the future or that you're hoping to? You don't want to go into a relationship crossing your fingers. You want to go into a relationship like this. Can you imagine what, what would happen in your life if you just invited some people to be the referee and say, hey, in light of the person I know you want to be in the future, hey, man, I, I don't know if she or if he is the right person. Hey, in, in, light, of, in light of who you want to be, man, I, I don't know if it's a great idea for her to be at your house that late be, be, because I, I don't know that, that positive thoughts increase after midnight. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I, like, like, really, like who, who's going to... Again, not to be a judge and say, hey, here are all these rules that you should follow, but, but to just go, in light of who you want to become, here are some decisions that I think would simply be beneficial. And here, here's, here's what I've learned just, just from talking to a lot of people that are their own boss, their own judge, their own jury. It, it's, it's this, is that doing whatever you want, whenever you want, with whoever you want, only leads to bondage. Not freedom. So while you think, well, I can just do whatever I want, sounds free, it leads to bondage. And let me ask you this question. When has doing whatever you want, whenever you want with whoever you want, ever brought you what you need? Like, at what point has that plan ever worked for anybody? Saying, oh, I'm just going to do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want, and life's going to be great. Except what ends up happening is you end up playing with fire and you end up getting burned. But the next thing um, that I want you to see um, as it relates to um, playing with fire is, is that sometimes people can believe that singleness is a disease. That singleness is this thing that you've been stricken with and that at weddings, uh, somehow, some way, um, it's not about the two that are participating in holy matrimony, but somehow it is a highlight of everything that you have not had yet. And here's how Paul 
uh, describes the single life in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. It says, sometimes I wish everyone were single like me. A simpler life in many ways. But celibacy is not for everyone any more than marriage is. God gives the gift of the single life to some, the gift of the married life to others. What, what I want you to understand today is that singleness is, is not a disease, it's a gift. And so is marriage. And the question you have to ask yourself is, what are you doing with your gift? And I, I would just encourage every single person with this, leverage your gift. Leverage your gift. And, and, and there, there are things that you can do when you're single that you simply cannot do when you're married. And there are things that you can do when you're married that you simply cannot do when, when you're single. I, I want to tell you a couple of stories of, of some friends that I believe are, are leveraging their gift. Um, this is um, a photo um, of a group of, of friends that are at my church in Dallas. And uh, this girl right here is 22 years old. Her name's Adrian. Uh, last week, she uh, suffered a spinal stroke. Uh, it, it's a very rare case, especially for somebody that's 22. Um, she lost feeling in her arms and her legs, and she is um, in a wheelchair right now. And I, I got an email that said, hey, there's, there's a young adult. She's, she's at the hospital. Can you, man, could you send some people to, to, go, to go pray for her? And so um, this girl right here, her name's Anita. This girl right here, her name's Leslie. And they run a prayer small group. So I forwarded the email to them, and they, every, everyone in this photo is single. So I sent the email to them, and uh, they went to the rehab center and prayed for this girl for three and a half hours. And can I be honest? I was jealous. I, I was jealous that they could. And, and you see, for me, I've, I've got a three-year-old who thinks I'm Superman. <laughs> and, and so I, I really don't have three and a half hours, if I'm honest. And, and, and I, I wish I had the time. And, and, but they're, they're able to leverage their gifts, and, and there, there is a tension. You see, like, I might be able to go for a half hour, but... Um, now, on this side of being married, it's not just about me making a difference in my world and leveraging my gift. It's also about raising up somebody that will do the same. You see, uh, Friday night, there was a birthday party that I couldn't go to because I decided I wanted to spend Friday night with my son because I knew I would be here with you. Those, so so there, there, is, there is a tension to manage there to say, hey, well, what's important? But they, it, it's a gift. It's, they're, they're able to do it. Um, this girl, Anita, she, she texted me right when Hurricane Harvey was going on. She said, hey, uh, she's a physici physician's assistant. She said, who do you know in Houston? I want to go for four days and do physical exams for free for anybody that needs it. This is a person that's just decided, I want to leverage my gift up. This is another person, uh, another friend of mine, uh, me and my wife's, her name is Amy, and uh, she, this is her playing, uh, teaching a girl in India how to play piano. She, uh, we called her like a stilettos girl. She was a girl that like just loved to go out, went on lots of dates, and at one point she came to me and my wife, and she's just like, I'm just, 
I want my life to matter on, on a much deeper level. And so she uh, signed up to go to India for a year and teach kids how to play piano. She just found a, a, a place where there was a need and just decided to just throw her life into it. And when she got there, they said, hey, um, you're, you're from America, right? She's like, yeah. And they're like, can you teach our Indian national basketball team Pilates? She said, Pahu? Like, why, why, why do you assume that I even know what Pilates is? They're like, surely you could figure it out. And so, so this is what she did. She started figuring it out and started teaching them basketball. She's never played basketball before. One, one of me and my wife's friends called us the other night. They had just, uh, she had just gone through a breakup. She's like, Ryan, what would you say to me? I said, well, if I'm honest, you go on about four vacations a year. And because you can and you have the means to do so, here's what I would recommend. Um, scratch off one of those vacations and uh, pick a dark corner in this world and go shine a light there. Go knock on the door of an orphanage and say, how can I help? And she goes, and what's after that? I said, I don't know. But I'm excited to hear what happens next. Live. Go. Because, because you can. Uh, I'm talking about like leveraging your gift to go, you know what, I, could, I can go make a difference. I, I can't take four days off and, and just go to, I, I, I can't, other people can, and I, but I can get. And so all of us are kind of playing our part and leveraging our gift, but the single life, it is a gift. It is not a curse. It is not a disease. Uh, another one of my friends, uh, um, this is a picture of us at a New Year's party. This is uh, Mark Rocha. He, he's an architect. By the way, if any of you single people want contact info for any of these people, just hit me up on Twitter. Um, so uh, this is Mark Rocha. Uh, he, he's, a, he's an architect, and he came to me three months ago. He said, man, I think I'm going to start a photography business. I said, man, that's great. He came to me two weeks ago. He says, hey, I think I'm going to start um, a music production company. I said, Mark, you need to slow down, man. And he goes, why? And I went, yeah, leverage your gift. Why? Why not? You're young. You're single. You 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 can. You 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 have. It's not the assumption that oh you have the time, but if you've got the passion and you've got the gift, why wouldn't you leverage that while while you can? How do you think Paul went all around the world spreading the gospel? Because he could. I mean, we, we're all gonna play our part on, on some level, but the question you gotta ask yourself, married, single, divorced, whatever relationship you, status you have, whether it's complicated or uncomplicated, you gotta ask yourself this question, are you leveraging your gift? Have you thrown yourself into the, the passions and desires God has given you, and how, how are you leveraging that? The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Here's what I want you to know. Whether you're a Christian or not, whether you were dragged here, whatever boat you find yourself in theologically, this is what you have to know, is that God planned a good thing for you to do a long time ago. And if I were you, I would discover what that good thing is. I would spend my life, I would spend my energy trying to figure out the good thing 
that God had planned for me to do long before I was even born. And maybe for you, that's doing something about widows and orphans. Maybe for you, that's, that's helping single moms. Well, maybe for you, you, you are a single mom. And you're going, okay, I, I, I want to help some other married people. What, what would happen if we just decided to just go, you know what, Lord, whatever resources and whatever gifts you've given me, I want to be concerned about doing good for other people. And you got to ask, <laughs> I mean, just think about this for a second, especially if you're single. If you were a person that was leveraging their gift, if you were a person that was extremely generous, if you were a person that was concerned for the good of others, if you were the person that was leveraging their gift at a level that you would have a story to tell, who wouldn't want to date that person? Think about that for a second. Who, and, and this is what I loved about Amy when she went to in India. It was like, Amy's going to India, and, and I said, you know, it's so funny. When you get back to America and you go on that first date, you're going to have a story to tell. Do you have a story to tell right now? It doesn't matter if you're married or single. Like, like, what is the story that you have to tell? And, and you know what the, the fun part of, about being married and, and raising a little boy right now is that we're, we're going to have some stories to tell them. Are you going to have some stories to tell? Who, who are you really becoming? This is, this is the last question that, that, that I have for you. Are you becoming the one, the one you want would want? Like, are, are you, the, that person that you want to date, the person that you, you want to be married, the type of person that I described today isn't just a person that someone would want to date. It's perhaps a person that someone would want to stay married to. And, and perhaps there might be some people in the room that are actually going through a divorce right now and, and something fell off at some point because maybe somebody stopped being the person that maybe they knew they were called to be a long time ago. And could I just encourage you for a moment? What if I told you it's not too late for you to turn that thing around? What would you do if I told you that there is uh, this thing called repentance and maybe that there's a way that you could turn some things around and say, you know what? In light of who I want to become, I'm not sure that divorce is the best decision for me and my family. Maybe, and maybe my parents got divorced, and so I know what that pain's like, but you know what? Maybe I could turn some things around so that my kids, that I never have to have those conversations with them. I, I, I just don't think it, it's too far gone. I, I think that God's grace is big enough to give us all a comeback of a lifetime. Could, could I encourage you that maybe... Maybe part of your comeback is going, you know what, maybe I, I haven't been who I was supposed to be all along. Maybe I, I did get sucked into my career, my job, and my status, and I thought that somehow an emblem on a car would give me fulfillment, but it doesn't. But could you imagine if two married people, if one single person's on a date with another single person, and they're, all, they're both concerned about having an Ephesians 2.10 life to go, you know what, I'm just a person on a journey trying to discover the good thing that God planned for me to do a long time ago. Who wouldn't want to be married to that person? Who wouldn't want to date that person? Who wouldn't want to propose to that person that is consumed with doing good for others? The question you ask yourself is, are you, are you becoming that person? Are you that person? Are you making the necessary steps to no longer play with fire, but to consume yourself with who God has called you to be? Father, I thank you so much for Cornerstone Fellowship. And um, I pray, God, that we wouldn't play with fire. God, I pray that we wouldn't put our hope um, in, in a future relationship status, but that we would put our hope in you. I pray, God, that we would uh, think about the things that we want people in our world to do or be for us. And I pray that we beat them to the punch. I pray, God, that we would be people that go first. If we're waiting for somebody to apologize to us, God, I pray that we 
would go first. If we are waiting for somebody to appreciate us and notice us and value us, God, I pray that we would be people that go first. God, I pray that if you are waiting on us to make a move, I pray that we would. God, if, if we are in a place where we are um, trying to have a little bit more self-control, God, I pray for divine appointments. I pray, God, that you would surround us with people that could be really great referees to make some good calls in our lives to tell us when we're out of bounds and maybe some plays that we should, we should go by. Man, and God, I, I pray that we'd realize that you have gifted each and every person in this room and watching online. I, and I pray, God, that we would leverage whatever gift you have given us. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, amen. amen.